Hello, and welcome to Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast, where we are learning to turn our eating habits into a spiritual practice. I'm Sensei. I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of my followers, my supporters, my clients, and my students. Without your support, I simply couldn't do what I do. I'm excited about today's episode, so with no further ado, let us begin. And welcome back. Today I'm going to share with you something that many people have inquired about and enough people have asked me now that I feel like I'll answer the question. (laughs) And that is, what do you eat, Sensei, every day? And so my approach to this is going to be a bit different. I'm not going to talk about the types of dishes, for example, saying that I eat pasta, that I eat chips, that I eat salad, all of which I do eat, but rather I thought it'd be more insightful to offer up to you two things. One, my food philosophy, and secondly, the items that you would find in my kitchen, all of which I would say 99.9% of the time, whatever I eat in a day will be some combination of these items. I thought this would be more insightful so that you can get more of an insider view about what it is I'm actually consuming rather than just the type of dish. Okay, sound good? Let's jump right into my basic food principles. First of all, the purpose for me for eating food has to do primarily with energy. That is, I eat food for the purpose of energizing the biology, okay? It's really important to note that. Secondly, I would say I eat food for the purpose of its medicinal or nutritional value. Its medicinal value. And then lastly, on the list, I choose what I eat based upon taste. Now, some people really like the taste of fat, salt, and sweet. This is not what I'm talking about. So when I say I choose food based upon taste, I want you to understand that that's within the context of what I'm going to share with you in just a moment. That is the actual items in my kitchen and the things that I consume every day. Okay, next thing. I don't count calories. Now, I just spoke about my purpose primarily for eating food is for energy. And we know that a calorie is simply a unit of energy. So rather than counting calories that exist within food, I ask myself a more fundamental question. That is, how is this biology feeling? Does it feel like it has energy or not? Yes or no? How much? How little? Right. And certainly that's going to be based upon my uh, food choices. So instead of counting calories, which I don't do, I think there's probably one thing that I'm pretty certain of its caloric intake because I eat so many of them. And that is dates. And I think there's like 280 or maybe 300 calories, something like that. It's, it's a pretty high amount. 
in any case, you know, I eat them like they're going out of business and I'm going to continue to do that. <laughs> All right. So food purpose, energy, medicinal value. I don't count calories in terms of sizes of my meals. In the morning, I eat a medium, what I would call a medium sized breakfast. Maybe for others, it might seem quite small, but I eat a medium sized breakfast during lunch or whatever we would call the midday meal. That is my heaviest meal of the day. That is my largest meal of the day. And then for dinner, that is my smallest meal of the day. Okay, so you think about uh, the movement of the day. I go medium, largest, smallest. And regarding dinner, I cut off my eating at 7.45 p.m. Without, without exception, or I should say with the exception of if I'm traveling or some other thing may uh, throw it off, I might actually cut it off earlier or slightly later. But generally speaking, and the majority of the time, I'm done eating at 7.45. And that's because I want at least 12 hours between the time that I eat dinner and breakfast the next day. I want a full, nice 12-hour fast. And uh, it's very helpful for me because of my morning ritual not to wake up. Uh, feeling sluggish, still trying to digest food, which is kind of the habit of many people. They wonder why they don't have energy in the morning. Well, the nighttime is the time for the body to replenish itself. And when you should be consuming what I call sleep food, you're still digesting conventional food. That is food that you buy at the store uh, or uh, that you cook. Okay. So medium largest, smallest in terms of order of meals. In between meals, I generally allow a minimum of two hours and up to four hours between meals. Okay. What else can I tell you? I can tell you that I like to consume uh, my fruits and fiber for the day beginning in the morning and if I'm going to have any after that, at any point, I would say 3 p.m. will be the cutoff time. I just found for myself that uh, after that time, my particular experience with digestion is, is not, uh, not optimal. Okay? So fruits, uh, fiber, especially anything heavy fiber, I'm going to have that in the morning uh, up until... 3 p.m. Now, it doesn't mean that I never eat a piece of fruit or something that's high fiber after that time. But again, I'm giving you what is my practice and rather than what is the exception. Okay. So in general, I would describe my diet, if you want to use that word, uh, as high fiber, high carb, medium fat, and medium to small protein. Again, high fiber, high carb, medium fat, and medium low protein. So some people are often kind of um, taken aback by 
two things, one high carb and uh, also just kind of a, a medium level of protein. And I can tell you that because of the overall approach to eating, remember, remember my food purpose, energy, nutritional, medicinal value, and in last place is taste. Uh, and by the way, I love the food that I eat. I really thoroughly enjoy the taste of the food that I eat, but my palate is also uh, not polluted. So I enjoy, you know, fresh, clean, uh, highly nutritional food. It's a, actually a delight for me. So high fiber, high carb, medium fat, medium uh, to low protein. And so in terms of protein, because I know that's just something that, gosh, I just wish people would not be so fixated on that. Um, but I can say that I would imagine that I eat approximately mm, 75, 80 grams of protein. Would that be right? Something like that. Yeah, I would say any. And it really also depends on me and my workouts. Sometimes if it's a little bit more intense. Uh, there will be slightly more protein. But in any case, I would say anywhere between 68 to maybe on the high end, 80, probably 78, 75 in that range. All right. So those are kind of the basic principles that I follow. And it's within that framework. Now we can choose uh, what kind of food to eat. And so here are some of the things that you'll find. And most of the things my approach here is going to be tell you what I do eat rather than exclusively mentioning what I don't eat. Uh, because I think also it's more insightful. There's enough lists out there or people saying, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat this. It's like, I want to introduce into your mind the things that I do eat. So we can speak it from this more from an affirmative uh, angle rather than just, you know, don't, 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 don't. So in no particular order, I'm just going to take some general categories that come up in conversations, uh, also during my counseling sessions with people, uh, and general conversation that happen to stop me or ask me or send me messages about uh, nutrition. So let's start with uh, just say oils. What kind of oils will you find in my kitchen? Only these, sesame, extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, grapeseed oil, and coconut oil. That's it. So you notice what is absent from that list is canola oil, vegetable oil, corn oil, sunflower oil, peanut oil. You will not find those in my kitchen. Okay. And perhaps in another uh, episode, I'll go into more depth about the value of these particular things that I've chosen to eat and, the, and what I perceive as the lack of value that things that I exclude, like the type of oils that I just said that I, you will not find in my kitchen. But here, I just want to give you a snapshot. What is it that Sensei has in his kitchen? And what accounts for, you know, some of his philosophy and what he um, shares on his podcast and more importantly, how he lives. OK, so that's it for the oils. Sesame, 
uh, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, avocado, grapeseed, coconut, done with oils. All right, so I mentioned um, just a few moments ago about one of the purposes for my food choices it has to do with uh, its medicinal value. And so I do believe that all food can be medicine, and we've all heard this, let food be thy medicine. And for me, that falls especially true in the choices of spices. And so I always say to people, I eat my medicine every day. Now, many people's uh, conventional views of medicine mean something they buy off the shelf or go to the pharmacy or prescribed by a doctor. Yeah, that to me is, is reactionary. That's, that's like waiting. Uh, we should be, or at least I am, proactive about disease and sickness, about preventing that, minimizing it, okay? And for me, one of the best places uh, to do that in terms of food selection is with spices. So here are spices that you will find in my kitchen uh, that I use all of the time. Turmeric, cumin, fennel seeds, pink Himalayan sea salt, cardamom, cinnamon, fennel greek, parsley, oregano, basil, black pepper, coriander, cloves, sage, and habanero. All right. These are things that every single day I'm going to use one or some combination of this in uh, seasoning my food. And if you're somewhere where you want to be able to write these down, um, I'll repeat them again for you. Turmeric, cumin, fennel seeds, pink Himalayan salt, cardamom, cinnamon, fennel greek, parsley, oregano, basil, black pepper, coriander, cloves, sage, and habanero. And if that was too fast, you're just going to have to listen again uh, to get those. So that's my medicine cabinet. Okay, so when I ask people questions, what's in your medicine cabinet? I'm not talking about your uh, pills and tablets. I'm talking about your spice rack. So just as a food principle, I want you to think about your spices being your medicine cabinet. You bring a completely different mindset to how you uh, season your food by simply changing the intention for its use. It will change what you choose to season your food with. And everything that I just mentioned in terms of spices, I love the taste of them. I do not, just because I'm 100% plant-based, I do not eat bland food. <laughs> and I think you can tell by some of the spices just that I just named, actually, that they're actually pretty powerful spices. And if you know how to combine them correctly, even more amazing. So at some point, I'm going to make available on my site at plantpoweredbuddhist.com herbal spices custom made by myself uh, that you can purchase. 
And so you've just heard at least some of the types of ingredients that will be in those blends. Okay, so that's spices. Now let's talk beverages. What do you drink? What do I drink every day? Overwhelmingly, some form of water. (laughs) And when I say some form of water, I mean oftentimes it is an herbal tea. And these herbal tea blends are my own custom blends also will be available on plantpowerbuddhist.com very soon. Secondly, water that is uh, alkaline, alkaline water. And then I would say fresh vegetables and fruit juice. So when I was approximately, gosh, 19, 20 years old, I was really a student, and when I say a student, meaning, you know, I followed, read his books and really studied his approach to juicing. Uh, Jay Cordage, who has, uh, who passed away uh, a few years back, but uh, he was known as the juice man. I learned so much in my early stages of awakening to, you know, better eating habits about juicing uh, through his teachings. And so one of the kind of jewels that I remember him saying is like, if you can see through it, don't drink it. And that was so profound to me because I remember after hearing that statement and reading that in one of the books that he wrote, going to the store and seeing like, wow, like all of these, you can see right through them. And then it, it clicked. It made sense. It's like, well, because it's fake. It's not real. And it has all these other items added to it that make it quite unhealthy. And so the first time that I actually made my own apple juice, I was like, wow, it looks like mud. I mean, that's really the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, you definitely can't see through it. It looked like like dirt and mud, but oh, the taste was heavenly. And so in terms of beverages, it's water, it's tea and fresh vegetable and fruit juices without anything added to them. Um, I don't drink alcohol, I don't drink soda, and I don't drink coffee. Uh, As for coffee, I love the smell of coffee. So whenever someone is drinking coffee, it's like, mm, it smells wonderful. And I don't particularly have anything, quote unquote, against coffee. In fact, uh, what I understand for uh, many that just having a cup of black coffee could be quite healthy. Um, My concern is that, one, I presently don't and haven't for decades now, lacked energy. And so if I were going to drink coffee, it would just mostly be for the caffeine value of it. but I haven't found it necessary yet to, to uh, add that to my diet. Um, but it doesn't mean that I won't. I'm not opposed to it. It's just something that I haven't done. And uh, But as far as soda and alcohol, yeah, no way. Not doing that. Let's see. Let's move on to grains. Another kind of sometimes very controversial <laughs> subject for which I, I, I don't understand why. But you remember, I mentioned that part of my, what my diet looks like is high carb. 
And I eat carbs because carbs are what? Energy. And isn't that tied to one of the purposes that I said that I eat? Energy? Yes. But it doesn't mean that I eat terrible carbs. I eat the good carbs. And that's what you have to be mindful of. Okay? And it's the same thing with oils. Some people swear by no oils, absolutely zero oil. Do not consume oil. I get it. I've experimented with that. Um, and I've just found that having the combination of reasons and what I eat, that I can still consume some oils. Um, not on the high side, but on the medium side. Okay, so grains that you will find in my kitchen. One is, uh, I believe, a, a German type of grain. It's called spelt, S-P-E-L-T. I also eat teff, T-E-F-F, quinoa, which many of you are probably familiar with. You've, if you don't eat it, you've at least probably heard of it. Another is kamut, K-A-M-U-T. I eat millet, oatmeal, amaranth, phonio, it's F-O-N-I-O, and brown rice. So those are the grains that you will find in my kitchen. These are the grains that I eat. Uh, and as a side note, I should mention that at least 95 to 97% of the meals that I eat or food that I eat is food that I've prepared myself, food from my own kitchen. So I don't eat out that often. And part of the reason is, is that there are a lot of uh, other things that are thrown into what, what might otherwise be a healthy dish, actually, that make it quite unhealthy. And also, because my taste buds are so uh, clean that too much salt or too much sugar or too much oil or this or that really uh, ruins the, the taste. But I have found some places that I like to go eat and I can order a specific thing. And uh, I, like, I like to eat out because of the social value as well. So uh, it doesn't mean that just because you choose to have a specific approach to eating that it has to be boring or antisocial. Um, this is something that I've heard a lot of people who struggle with changing their diet for towards something that might be more healthy for them, whatever that those changes might be, is that they feel like it's the social aspect of it will suffer in some way. And then I'm just telling you, it doesn't have to be that way. If you choose to be that way, then that's just on you. All right. So one of the words that I mentioned was sweeteners, sugar. Yes. I can tell you I love sweet, but I love the sweet of fruit, the fruits. So I eat a lot of fruits. Uh, I'm not even going to begin to start to name those. But what I will say about them is please eat fruits that have seeds. Try to avoid. And it's really becoming more and more difficult to do this. But avoid eating seedless fruits. Okay. Eat fruits that have seeds. But in terms of sweeteners, I use only three. 100% raw agave from cactus. If that is not available, uh, date and date syrup. Pure dates, pure date syrup. And then lastly, real maple syrup. 
So if I'm going to sweeten anything, whether it's my tea, whatever the case may be, where other people might use sugar and honey and all these other things, stevia, blah, blah, blah. uh, Those are my three go-tos. That is what you will find in my kitchen. All right. So that's on sweeteners. Nuts. Here is an area where nuts are important for me in terms of protein and also fat. And my nuts and seeds of choice are hemp seeds, walnuts, almonds, Brazil nuts, pine nuts, chia seeds, and flax seeds. And so I will put those in uh, certain dishes that I make, certainly in smoothies. They're wonderful. Uh, Many different uses. Uh, And sometimes it's just you know, on the dinner plate as the protein portion of my meal. Many different ways that you can prepare and mix these things. Uh, You know, we could go on forever about how to do that. Uh, But I think that covers everything. There's probably one other key area. What about snacks? Does Sensei eat snacks? Yes, I do. What kind of snacks? Well, I will say... (laughs) The same kind of snacks that you eat, probably, but with this caveat, that they fall within the ingredients and uh, guidelines of what I've already just laid out to you. So do I eat chips? Certainly, but probably not the chips that most people eat, because I'm not going to eat chips that are just horrible in terms of value. Uh, But I will say, in all honesty, that snacks are might be the area where if I'm going to uh, go the furthest away from my normal uh, regimen, that that's the area where I would do it. So um, sometimes, you know, a, a, a bag of salty chips is is good. I mean, it tastes good, right? Um, cookies, bars, all these things. Fortunately, all these wonderful ingredients that I've mentioned and many more that I have not mentioned are able to be used to make these things, right? So I never feel like, oh, I can't have ice cream. Sure, I eat ice cream. Oh, I can't have a brownie. I eat brownies. I can eat cake. I can eat cookies. I can eat pies. And I do. Donuts, same thing. But the ingredients are going to be minus any animal products, no dairy, no animal products. And the types of things that go into those uh, snacks will be a lot more healthy to eat. I also, in terms of snacks, will eat uh, algae or seaweed wraps, and uh, which also, interesting enough, has a lot of protein in it. Okay. So here's what you'll find in my kitchen. And I hope that for those of you who have sent messages or inquired with me during uh, sessions, counseling sessions, that this is helpful. Uh, If you looked at my kitchen, you would see exactly these things. And then the creativity comes in in terms of variety when you begin to mix these different ingredients together and what you come up with. Because I can tell you the same spice that you might put in a salad won't taste the same as it will necessarily in a soup, right? So temperature, how much water or lack of water or liquid is in a dish, 
whether you're talking about a grain, right? All of these things affect the overall taste. So I never, if you were wondering, I never get bored with what I eat at all. In fact, I can take something, for example, like make a huge uh, bowl, a pot of soup, which I am known to do, and I can eat on that for three or four days. I'm one of those types who doesn't get tired of eating leftovers. I know some people can maybe eat one time. Uh, I can just eat it until it's gone. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a benefit for me. But part of that is that I may choose not to season that vegetable soup. I make this large pot of soup with all these vegetables, different kind of beans and grains in it, really hearty. I mean, you eat a cup of that or two cups and you will be stuffed. But I may choose not to season that entire pot. I may just cook it all up and then one day I go to my medicine rack and season it with X, Y, and Z spice. The same day or the following day, I may eat that soup again, but then now I'm adding some different spices to it, right? So this is where the variety comes in. And so I never have this problem. I think a lot of people, again, also raise the objection to eating uh, food that is more healthy and energizing for them is, oh, I just get bored, you know, and I, I don't understand how you can get bored. There's so many combinations. You probably cannot even um, create them all. So it's a different way of engaging with your food when, one, you have some principles that you follow, not, you know, uh, hearsay or, you know, what the, the experts are saying. You need to decide for yourself why you even eat food, which sounds like such a basic question. Well, because I have to. Well, if that's your mindset and your health is suffering, <laughs> you just discovered something. If that's your reason for eating, well, I have to eat. Everybody has to eat. No, there has to be more there. Otherwise, you're just going to be like a sheep to slaughter. Okay? So I'd encourage you to um, take what I've said here and come up with your own principles and your own guidelines and see how this begins to shape what you decide to eat and not eat. I think it'll be very insightful. Uh, one last thing I'd like to mention is supplements, because it just occurred to me that people often ask, you know, do you take supplements? Do you take supplements? Uh, I do use ashwagandha. Uh, there's also an alkaline ash that I will put in my water sometimes. And uh, I also will use a plant-based protein mix. Uh, but that's it. Everything else I get from the food directly. All right. If you'd like some assistance with this, forming your own food principles and philosophy and, and acting that and having accountability for that. Uh, and when I say accountability, I don't want you to think of that as a negative word, but just a, a consciousness about what you eat and why you eat it. That's it. And the accountability comes not from me, but from your own principles. And so I've been living this way for such a long time that my principles guide me in whatever it is I'm going to eat at a given moment. 
and they're malleable enough, they're flexible enough that I don't feel restricted in any way. I don't feel like I'm denying myself any of the, the pleasure that people get from eating food that is actually toxic for them. So I get the added benefit of enjoying what I eat and I'm not damaging myself or anyone else in the process. So if you'd like some assistance with this, please go to plantpoweredbuddhist.com. Leave me a message there. I would love to work with you. Uh, if you have a partner or a friend or group that you would like to uh, join you, we can also do that. All of my services are offered online. Secondly, if you found anything valuable in this episode or any other episode of my podcast and you're able to leave a kind review, I ask you please to do that. And lastly, if you would like to support my efforts monetarily, there's a link in the description. You can cut and paste it or click on it if it's clickable and support my efforts for as little as $1 a month. Every bit counts and will be deeply appreciated. Until next time, wishing you peace and blessings. And that concludes this episode of Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast. I want to thank you again for joining me today. I also want to quickly mention several ways in which you can support my work. One, wherever you're listening to this podcast or this episode right now, if there's the ability to leave a review or a five-star rating, I would definitely appreciate that. Secondly, if you'd like to learn more about my background, my books, the services that I offer, where my social media sites are, or you'd like to invite me to speak publicly, please visit plantpoweredbuddhist.com. You can do all of that there. Third, if you have a family member, a friend, or a colleague who you think would benefit from my content, please share this episode or my podcast with that person or those people. Lastly, in this episode that you just listened to, there is a clickable link. And if it's not clickable, you can cut and paste it into your browser. That will take you to a page where you can begin to support my work monetarily on a monthly basis for as little as $1 a month. If you could find it in your heart to do any of those things, I would deeply appreciate it. Until next time, peace and blessings.